You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30, 40, no. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it, yeah. 30 to 40-ish minutes. And as you all know, we only have Potomac, but Potomac continues to be the gift that keeps on giving. I know we talked about it at the end of last week's podcast where like everybody was gearing up for the fight episode and we're like, oh, like you have to prepare mentally. It's so much more than just the fight. There's so many other things. And last week was crazy and it was a lot of storylines and it was a lot to take in. Like all the women had big things happening basically. This one though, I think was the most intense episode of almost any housewife show I've watched. I put it up there with some of the conversations that Kyle and Kim Richards had regarding Kim's alcoholism. Like it just felt very raw, real, and serious. Very tense. And it took up a majority of the episode too. And before we truly go in, I feel like we need to give the producers a, I mean, a mini shout out, a pre shout out before our shout out. (laughs) These producers have done a phenomenal job. And if Bravo needs to have like a little award show for the producers and Potomac should win. I mean, not only do they do such a beautiful job of breaking the fourth wall, but when somebody mentions something, something like, oh, I don't even know, like what was put out there on social media. They're like blasting all like that person's tweets. They're pulling up all these blog articles. They're doing montages of shit like said in the past. And I mean, it's just it's so, so good like and it makes the show fun to watch because they pull all of that in there and not a lot of ep- other episodes really do that like Bre- beverly hills is just like radar online but they're not pulling out the women's like tweets for us to see no and it's it's just very theatrical so it just adds to the drama but karen decides to be mediator peacemaker <laughs> i don't know tries. why karen is like you know what my house is gonna be there will be a neutral zone for everyone I felt like she went into it kind of thinking she was going to side with Monique, which is fine. I think like she can pick a side and she doesn't have to say like, you know, I, you know, that I'm mad at Monique. Like I didn't, my, the goal wasn't for everyone to be mad at her. I just thought it was so funny that she was like, I'm going to be neutral. And then when it came down to it, she's like, I'm really not. Yeah, no, I, well, and also like Monique was like, I'm going to come over. I do. I will say, and as we'll just break down the apology (laughs) Because, well, the lack of apology, I should say, break down that conversation. But to me, I do, I started to give Monique a little bit of credit for just confronting the women head on and going over to see them. 
but that's pretty much as far as it goes for me. It started off where I was like, oh my gosh, like she was emotional from the beginning. I'm like, okay, I think she's getting the weight of what she did uh, and what that means. And the women were all talking a little bit before, and they also talked about there was a blog article that was put out, and they're like, clearly this was put out by Monique because anybody who was there and saw it happen, and those are the only people that could have talked about it because the women said they weren't telling anybody about it. So the only one that could have known about it was those the women so obviously it looked like Monique put it out because it was so one-sided against Candace I mean it basically made it sound like Monique had no other choice but to grab her hair and hit her which isn't the really isn't really the way it went down and I don't even Monique didn't know what happened like in the moment as she was like talking to people talking to the women and she was recounting what she believed like they were all like okay well that's not the truth and I loved and uh, mainly Bravo did the best like meme of physics 101, but I love when Robin was like, Candace is holding white wine. You were, there was red wine on the table. You had red wine on your face because of the velocity of the table. Like, I just love the way Robin's like pointing out facts. It was, this was a great episode for Robin. It was an excellent episode for Robin. We always get amazing facial reactions from the women of Potomac. And this was no different. I think I, I'm with you 110%. Monique started, I was like, okay, she's getting emotional. Like maybe she's going to recognize and say that she's sorry. But as they poked further and one pointed out the importance of not um, giving people what they want with the black women stereotype, which we t- discussed last week. I just, I don't, I just, there was no sense of remorse. And I was kind of confused with her saying she's still processing everything. Like, to me, it was like, why even come talk to the women until you like fully are ready to discuss it and talk to them? Because to me, it would show that you feel something. (laughs) I I was so confused. I'm like, you asked Karen to do this. And then you said you're still numb and you don't know where you're at with all this then why don't you wait a few days until you can discuss your feelings and can say where you're at before you ask somebody to host an event for you to tell everyone how you're feeling. Like it felt very press conference, no press. Like it was kind of like, what it was the point of this. It was, yes. It was, I mean, and I, I give the women credit for poking holes, but I can't believe I'm forgetting this. I'm getting, this is like my mom brain going on fire right now. How can we forget KB, the bodyguard? Oh my Giselle God. Brought Giselle. Him Brought in a bodyguard. That was so amazing. I mean, <laughs> the fact that she thought that was needed. Even Robin was like, "Really, you're gonna you're bringing in a bodyguard, making fun of it." And then Giselle quickly got up and left. But I also love that Giselle was taking notes. She was like, "I want to remember all this." It was just so. It felt I don't even know like how to describe it, but it was just to me. I'm like, this is amazing TV. Like Giselle is like, I'm gonna tear you a new one, but I'm going to use all your words against you while I do it. And that is Giselle in a nutshell. Like I I loved it. I thought it was hysterical and that body, I thought it was a little unnecessary. I I did love the juxtaposition, a word that I feel like is underused, by the way, the juxtaposition (laughs) of you have Giselle and the bodyguard, and then you have baby Dean and Ashley. Like it's just (laughs) hilarious. Like Ashley feels comfortable enough to have baby Dean there and then we have KB, the bodyguard, who really just served no purpose other than dr- dramatics for the situation. I So Monique, you know, I, 
when she was apologizing or not, I'm sorry, I shouldn't just stop saying apologizing because she clearly did not apologize. But when she started to explain herself, she had me in tell the articles. Do you feel in that tweet? And I'm glad the women poked poked at that. Asking you shall receive. Like, come on. Come on, Monique. Do you feel like she truly leaked everything, the the articles? Uh, This is killing me because up until this season, I really loved Monique. I think I, I here's the thing. I'm like when people this is what when people talk about representation matters and stuff. When you see someone on TV, they don't even have to look like you, but if they have a lot of commonalities with you, you're gonna naturally gravitate towards them. I love Robin because she's a boy mom and like, you know, the basketball piece. I grew up playing basketball and I have two boys. So I really like Robin. I loved Monique because she had little kids and was, you know, growing a family and there were episodes where she was pregnant and, you know, we're not that you were, you know, pregnant not that long ago and we're not that far removed from that phase of life. So it kills me that I really can't stand her this season. And it's not even it's not even the fact she got physical that does bug me, but I get like in these bubbles and under a microscope that these women are in with the show. If you feel like just someone's words are constantly nagging at you and bugging you and all these things, like I I get how it blows up. There's been numerous other housewife franchises that have had hair pulls and fights as well. And we all move past it. So that's not even so much the fight for me. It's everything that she's done before and after it's she was just on this agenda to attack Candace I felt like this whole season was how do I bring Candace down how do I make Candace look bad she's still talking that same dialogue and then in the moment when she's talking to the women she keeps saying I'm embarrassed but when asked if she was remorseful she said she was numb and didn't know how she felt and in every interview given with watch what happens live and the million lives that she's gone on. It's all about the things that Candace did wrong, not her taking any ownership or really accountability for what she did. So I, to answer your question, sorry, that's super long winded. It kills me to say this. I think she planted that stuff out in the blogs. I don't think she's sorry. And I really am disappointed in her. A thousand percent. She's definitely not sorry. I mean, I think Andy was shocked. If you haven't watched Watch Happens Live and you want to watch the snippet of her interview or don't, we can save you some time and let you know. But she's still not sorry. Nearly a year later after all that went down, she's still not sorry. And that's something that I found pretty shocking. I, yeah, I just can't believe, like, I hate, like, the phrase doubling down, but she is doubling down on this behavior. She keeps talking about it, keeps saying, like, oh, well, don't forget Candace did this. Candace said this. She now she went on the Sarah Fraser podcast, which we love Sarah Fraser. We were on Sarah's show. It feels like a year, like a whole lifetime ago um, towards the beginning of COVID we were on. And she was talking about how she said that now Candace is saying that Monique actually didn't have a miscarriage uh, in between baby two, two and three. She had a, a miscarriage or, and I should say like the full term pregnancies. Cause that would have been her third baby. And the one she has now would have been her fourth then, but she did have a miscarriage um, in between her second and third kids that we see on TV. And she's saying that Candace is out there telling people that it was actually an abortion because it was the trainer's baby. Now Candace has said she did not tell anyone this. And I, I really want to think that maybe someone told Monique that because I just, I would, I couldn't imagine 
spinning that just to like make somebody look bad. But it's like, this is, she keeps bringing up all these things that Candace has done wrong. And I get it. If Candace really did say that about a miscarriage, I, w- I get wanting to like fight her and take it to that next level. I would hope that you wouldn't as somebody who is trying to set a strong example for other women out there, white or black. You know, I just feel like there's like this perception that all women are catty and can't get along and can't be friends and can't support one another because they're always jealous. And then for black women, it's that they're always angry and, you know, they're crazy. And so it's just like so many layers. I don't know. I just, I really wish, I really wish she would show some apology or some remorse for the fact that she's just, it was just horrible behavior. And it's more the stuff after for me and freaking apologize to Candace. I mean, you pulled her head, she pulled her hair so hard. She hit her head at the table. You punched her numerous times. I Sometimes you just have to be the person who says sorry first, much, much like what Ashley did at the lake house when she said sorry to Wendy first. And I think we don't know what the rest of the season is going to hold, but it really opened the door for their friendship. I mean, Monique truly lost me one when she says she blacked out when she was hitting her, which I could believe. And she's like, I blacked out. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I was, I was like, okay, I don't know where you're going with this. But then you remember talking to the producer and you remember running after to Candace. It just, so I was like, girl, it out. just, you can't pick and choose like what you do remember yeah. and what you don't remember. You have to be accountable um, for your actions. And uh, yes, I think she needs to just own her shit and be like, what I did was wrong, but she doesn't think what she did was wrong. And that's the first time I've heard um, what you shared about the um, trainer, the baby. Yeah. I've not heard that I'll yet. Sh- we'll share that story. I mean, it is, it's awful that she suffered pregnancy loss. And we're going to talk about that more later in this podcast, but I just have to think like, God, if Candace was really saying that, wouldn't more people be talking about that? Like that was the first time I'd ever heard that. I hope Monique's not making it up. I hope someone maybe just fed her that. It's just like the whole, that whole story though. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, this is not well, good. Well, that's just dark. Yeah. And just really toxic. And to me, like maybe you shouldn't be on a show like this anymore yeah. because that just becomes a little, you know, it's not puppy gate. Yeah. <laughs> I hated puppy no. gate, but at least puppy gate was, you know. Yeah, it was it somewhat was tolerable. We're not making such like horrible, horrible rumors yeah. like that. You know what I loved though? So Giselle leaves. Giselle's mad, and all the other women are talking to her. Wendy's trying to explain to her why, what she did, the, the magnitude of it, and the ripple effect. And I think Wendy feels a lot more affected and uh, I don't want to say defensive, but like the need to really like educate Monique on the gravity of what happened because. She could, you know, she has said for most of her career, you know, she's the only black person that's giving a point of view. She fought so hard for that seat at the table. And now she's fighting for other people to join the table. And she's like, you know, this kind of behavior shows why some people don't don't give black women or even black men, you know, black people in general, the seat at the table. And so I felt like Monique wasn't even really listening to her. And I, I like the whole time that all this was going on, I'm thinking, yes, Wendy. Yeah. Like I wanted to cheer her on. I'm clapping. I'm like, this is, she's doing such a good job of saying it to her. I haven't lived, you know, racism and that someone's been racist towards me. I don't know what it's like to not have a seat at the table for the color of my skin. I do know what it's like to not have a seat at the table because I'm a woman in a male, um, 
dominated industry. But so I can relate to that. It's not the same, but I can, I can somewhat sympathize. And so I really appreciated what Wendy was trying to tell her. Monique didn't care. And she just kept saying, well, I'm praying, I'm praying. And this is by no means knocking on anyone religious. I am a very like faith-based person myself. I pray a lot. I pray for answers for things. I pray for people. But I hate when people use that as an excuse. Well, I'm just going to pray and I'm going to give it to God. It's like sometimes you got to you gotta do some stuff yourself. And it, God can't do everything for you. So I loved when Wendy says, sometimes you can't just pray things away. I'm like, oh, like Wendy she might be my oh she's getting close up there with Robin I love Wendy (laughs) no she was great I mean I think Robin and Wendy to me like shot it so straight and called her out on all her bluffs I love that Robin said you almost had me that line like (laughs) killed me she's like you almost had me and then kind of called her all out and same with same with Wendy I just think Monique just own your fucking shit man what you did was wrong you were triggered by something bring up the rumors if there's truth to that but don't i don't know i can't even i it's just it's just yeah the most non-apology i mean it's very ramona-esque except <laughs> minus the fighting i was actually thinking she's almost worse than ramona because at least ramona will apologize she'll at least say the words sorry out of her mouth like monique hasn't even done that but i don't know i just the whole thing i it was really frustrating to watch, but it was also very eye-opening. I think I, I, I just the the things that Wendy and Robin were talking about, just as Black women, the struggles they face. I don't know. I just I think it was a really important conversation for everyone to hear, to have a little bit more insight into that. Uh, but I mean, I think it would have been nice if Monique would have heard it. She was sitting there, <laughs> she, but she was did not hear it, and it did not sink in for her. And then, in the most you know political move ever, as uh, Robin said, the most DC thing to happen. Ashley gets up and is kind of like rocking Dean because Wendy's yelling and it's upsetting him. And can't, uh, Monique goes, "Ashley, can I just have him? Can you give him to me?" And there she is. Then rocking this baby and holding him and kissing his forehead is like I did did totally feel like a president kissing babies it was very strange like I I felt like she was doing it to almost like calm herself down yes yeah like almost like she's like I'm not gonna hurt a baby so give me the baby because this is gonna be kind of like my stress ball (laughs) as the baby but it was very strange it was I mean you can't make this shit up like you really can't like I feel like if I was just to tell this everyday story to my friends who don't want housewives they'd be like what like, no, it, it happened. <laughs> and they happened to catch it on camera. I just, it's so wild. And I mean, going into it, we knew this was going to happen. And I think it's m- more than any of us thought it was going to be. And then we get our mid-season kind of trailer. They like let us know, like, still to come on this season. And we see the trip. We see them having fun. But we do not see Monique with the women ever. I think she, like, there's a lot of rumors that she kind of stepped back and didn't film with any of the other women after the fight. And I think we're seeing there's probably a lot of truth to that. She might've done some one-on-ones with Ashley, maybe a one-on-one with Karen, because we do see a scene where like Ashley's talking to Candace about uh, having to give a statement. But I think, I mean, I'm really curious to see how they make this happen because it's hard when two people are refusing to film together. Absolutely. And I don't think she's going to leave. I don't think she'd be working so hard, excuse me, putting all the time on the lives and, you know, all the different appearances she's that she's been doing. She's not a lazy doing. mom, people. She is not a no, lazy mom. No, she's not a lazy mom. 
So I don't think she's going to leave Housewives, but I do give her credit for taking a step back before Bravo would not give her the option. Yeah, I, I'm i just really curious to see. I mean, there's still half of the season to go. We also still have a reunion. I am dying, though, to see what is going to happen for season six. I Do they leave everything the same? I mean, the, the legal issues between Candace and Monique have been dropped. So originally, Candace sued or filed charges against Monique for assault. Monique filed them back. They were both dismissed or dropped. Um, So, I mean, it'd be interesting for them. I mean, keeping those two together for season six. But I just wonder if everyone stays on. And I really wonder, you know, with Robin being engaged to Juan now. And we'll see that this season. Does that change anything? Is Giselle possibly going to move to Atlanta for Jamal? I mean, we could see a little bit of a shift for season six. There's a lot of unknowns. And we have so much season left, but we can't, before we wrap this uh, recap up, we cannot forget Giselle's comment about her image to protect. Oh, my God. Giselle, I can't believe girl. Hold. Oh. She says, yeah, we have an image to protect. I was like, uh, or to maintain or something. Like, you do have to protect your image, girl, but I think you need to repair it first. I mean... The things that, so since she said that, I think it made people dig even more on Jamal and the stuff that is coming out is wild. I mean, one of his baby mamas was 17 at the time. And I, I don't know what state it happened in some states you, for all, uh, for legal purposes of consenting, it's some people, it, for some states, it's age 17. For some, it's, I think in some, it's as low as 14. But for some, it's 18. So I'm like, that's really, he's like dancing on the line of statutory rape. Yeah. Our friend Maggie, best of Bravo, has a highlight on her Instagram story all about Jamal. So if you want to go down that rabbit hole, she's kind of started it for you. So definitely check that out. But I'm just like laughing. I mean, Giselle, I'm like, girl... <laughs> You're on Housewives. <laughs> There's, you I mean, yeah, you didn't come on I here mean, to protect your image. Your yeah. image to protect. Uh, you're on Housewives. Like I don't, I don't buy that. It's just kind of ridiculous. Like don't act holier than now. And also, you, I mean, you talked it. You wrote a book about Jamal and all the affairs. So it's just she's talking out of both sides of her mouth there. Uh, yeah, I will I, say I watched the the Bravo chat room. After oh, yeah. this, to mm-hmm. see, because I knew there, I figured they'd talk about the fight. And Portia, it was interesting to see Portia and Giselle kind of talk about it because Portia is friends with Monique. So she was trying to, Portia was de- trying to defend Monique in the most diplomatic manner. In the sense, she's like, you shouldn't solely judge someone on one incident. Like, you know, she, you shouldn't like basically don't judge her on that one incident and Giselle like did not hold back she's like there's been four instances there's been um she like had them ready to go and listed them out but that makes I'm gonna go back and watch that one I think that's what's gonna make it interesting uh, with the Bravo chat room is a lot of these people do know each other but a lot of them also don't like those on their on their season and their series so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when that those type of situations come up I mean you know, uh, Portia doesn't exactly love Nini. They run hot and cold. I don't know if any of the other women are friends with Nini, but I could see Kate being like, I love Nini. I think she's great. So, 
Kate, you know, Kate isn't going to shy back from her opinions either. So, I mean, that does make me kind of want to go back and watch it. Yeah, no, check it out. I mean, it was just kind of interesting watching Portia just trying to be very, very diplomatic in that conversation. Um, well, that is it for Potomac, guys. I mean, right around 23 minutes, which is pretty impressive. That just shows how good this series is. It was like, it was kind of hard to keep that succinct and keep it under 30 for one show. We're, we're in trouble when Southern Charm and, uh, OC come back, but, uh, this does lead us to our shout out. Um, and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier that we were going to talk about it later in the podcast, um, in regards to Monique, uh, talking about her miscarriage on the Sarah Fraser podcast. Uh, and this month is pregnancy loss, uh, awareness month. So we wanted to give a shout out to all the moms who have experienced or all the women. You don't have to be a mom. Um, well, you are a mom once you get pregnant. So yes, all the moms who have experienced pregnancy loss. I think we all were heartbroken to see Christy Teigen uh, talk about her pregnancy loss uh, right, right before she hit the 20 week mark and how sad it was. And it was interesting. There was a lot of criticism behind whether or not she should have been talking about it so publicly. And, you know, should she have waited till the more time went on, which I don't know how she could have done that because she was doing stories from the hospital saying everything was fine. And if we just didn't hear from her for a few weeks, that would have been odd. But also, I don't think any of us can say how you how you should grieve and what's appropriate and what's not. And I, I just think we need to do more to normal normalize pregnancy loss because it happens to one in three women. And it's such an isolating thing. I think I applaud her for starting the discussion and letting, allowing other women to open up more freely to share their story. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've had friends who have experienced pregnancy loss. They've had miscarriages, um, you know, and have gone on to have healthy uh, pregnancies. So I know for those of you in it right now that are trying, I mean, there are so many stories of people that have been able to get their rainbow babies, um, but that doesn't take away the hurt and the loss that you've experienced. But uh, we just, anyone listening who's experienced pregnancy loss, just know that you are not unheard. You're not unseen. I think sometimes you feel invisible or it feels like it's inappropriate to talk about it. And so, you know, we're talking about it in hopes that maybe you'll talk about it um, and get support and help from others as well. And for those of you who I know it's, I've seen this like happen a few times or I've noticed with some friends who have a miscarriage and then have a baby and everyone's like, oh, but see, in the end, it was all worth it. And I just like think when I hear people say that sometimes, like that's really minimizing the loss. So for those of you that have your rainbow babies, just know that we know you you still miss those that you um, carry in your heart, but don't carry physically in your arms. And with that, we will catch you next week. We are going to be recording a little bit later in the week because we have some premieres um, that we're going to want to cover, but we are looking forward to having a little bit more content to discuss with all of you. So make sure you are following us on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo. Make sure you are subscribing to us wherever you podcast. Please give us a five-star review and leave our five-star rating and leave a review. We've been getting so many good reviews and I think my favorite part about the ones that we've been receiving is people saying they feel like they're just sitting there with their best friends and they love hearing us talk about life stuff and Bravo. And you are our best friends. If you're listening to this right now, you're, our, uh, you know, an internet best friend or a podcast best friend. This is why we started it. We've loved connecting with all of the other Bravo people out there, all the moms out there. So please, if you get a chance, leave us a review. And for those that are wondering, so Bravo happy hour, we did attend, we 
loved it. There was a lot of tea spilled and we are going to be covering that on Patreon. So if you follow us on Instagram, uh, click on the link in our bio and a bunch of different options will pop up. One will be to join our Patreon and we'll also put it on our Instagram stories so you can swipe up and join and listen to the hot, hot tea from the first Bravo Happy Hour. And with that, we will catch you next week. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrel-V, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelv.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie.